Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Dungeons and Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just finished watching season four, episode nine, the piggyback. It's the finale episode of season four. Uh, Aaron, we've waited, what, a month for this since they dropped the yeah. first half. Uh, how did you feel after watching the finale? I thought the finale was great. I was very satisfied as finale. I have minor quibbles. I, I thought that there's a point where I thought I was going to have some big fucking quibbles. Sure. And the Duffer Brothers, uh, I felt like, really threaded the needle between my expectations of the stakes and the actual stakes and the stakes they delivered um, in a way that I, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to say admired, grudgingly admired. Like, okay, you got you got one over on me. But I was I mean, there's there's a lot of emotion uh, beats that work really well, like. If you had asked me even two episodes ago, if uh, Eddie Munson's death would have made me feel any certain way, I'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. But he's kind of the best part of this episode. When I realized what they were going to do with playing the most metal uh, (laughs) show of all time and like. I envisioned like, okay, it was going to be like an eye. Like this is going to be awesome. It's going to look like a fucking living iron maiden cover. And then when it actually happened, it was just, I was just giddy with laughter. It it's the execution on that. The choice of song master of puppets. Mm -hmm. uh, It. Yeah. So like when he, you know, when this guy who's no hero went out like a hero, uh, it's, it's a lot of, um, they did the same thing with fucking like with Sean Astin, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good at building these characters out of nothing and making you care. Oh, they fucking did the same thing with this barely lingual Russian last year. They're really good at making us care about these incidental characters in a single season enough that we don't notice that they keep saving the main kids. (laughs) We feel enough of that gut punch, right? But I I thought they succeeded in almost every area. Um yeah, I, I want to talk about pacing, but I want to hear what your what your thoughts on the show were too. I, I mean, it, it kind of surprised me talking about Eddie that Eddie's death and the aftermath of that would be the most affecting thing of this finale for me. Um, like I was, I was affected by you know the Lucas Max stuff. I think there's just yep. an incredible scene uh, somewhere in the middle of this episode with them that we'll talk about here in a bit. But yep. when when it's all over, right, and they have failed to stop Vecna really and mm-hmm. Eddie's dad is there uh, pinning a new flyer up on the billboard because Eddie has been you know demonized and his flyer's been uh, vandalized yeah and Dustin comes up to him and is like I was there with him and he was a hero and like it, it's so emotional in that moment and, and that's the one that got me right like I see all these other things with Mike like crying yeah get it get it up like 
just just fight L and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. But the one that got me was Dustin and Eddie's dad. I don't know Dustin why. Dustin and Eddie got me. Dustin and Eddie's dad got me. Um, like I said, Lucas and uh, Max got me. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 what, I, and again, I, I thought that was felt appropriate. It's like, I thought that it was going to be a little bit of bullshit. And I'm not saying this is, it's not like I'm rooting for children to die. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like when, when they, they killed Max and then when it became clear that Elle was going to bring her back to life, I'm like, Oh my God, if her eyes fly open and her limbs go like straight, <laughs> because Elle's now got the ability to literally, <laughs> resurrect the dead and heal their wounds like Christ. I don't know what I'm going to say on this goddamn podcast because yeah, on one level that would make me happy because nothing in that sure. moment more would make me want anything than, than Lucas and Max to live forever. Like be yeah. high school sweethearts, get married and live a long time, have a bunch of grandkids and fucking die of ripe old age. But that's like an idiot's delight in something mm-hmm. like that is that that's a very ephemeral cotton candy and what they had built with like the loss and the sorrow was real and just as i was getting angry about them yanking it back it see i feel like we got almost a worst case scenario that max is like in a living dead state um yeah i felt that that was a really good like they didn't kill a kid but they kind of did yeah i mean and Eddie, Eddie's a, a legal adult at this point right he's like 20 so yeah, he didn't I, kill it, any kids. In this I thought episode. he was. A, I thought he was a senior in high school. Yeah, no? but he had. But he had been held back a couple of years, right? He had failed. Oh, was that true? For a couple of years, yeah. He, that's why he says oh, like, okay. "This is my year." You know, I'm finally going to graduate. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, I gotcha. And, and I love all that stuff, man. It's thematically like the thing they do so well in Stranger Things is thematically they bring it all home at the end, and and, and physically they bring it all home. You know, it's. It's different this year because everybody doesn't come together physically in the same location. And I kind of like yeah. that change. It's because we were looking for the the door to Hawkins here, trying to figure out how is Elle going to get back to Hawkins in an evening? Uh, how are, are Hopper and Joyce going to get back to, Ho- to Hawkins in an evening? You just can't do it. They're too spread out. But they find a way to bring them together uh, to, to bring them together to work on the same goal even though they're spread far apart. And I thought that was a really nice change. It was, and maybe people saw it coming. Um, and I guess we we're kind mm-hmm. of sort of right when we said, well, they'll use some kind of portal stuff. But the idea that this is all kind of taking place on a psychic battlefield and no matter where you're striking the blows, it's yeah. all, it's all hitting home. And it gave everyone, it, it neatly avoided a problem of other Stranger Things seasons where it all comes down to everyone fearfully looking at Elle as she's floating in the air. And, mm-hmm. you know, she did a fair amount of stretching her <laughs> arm out and screaming. Let it be said. Totally. But, like, splitting everyone up allowed them to all, like, you know, the, the, the older kids were fucking Molotoving and shotgunning, and the adults were beheading fucking David Corkins with <laughs> Conan the Barbarian reason. swords for some reason. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome, but where did that sword come from? Where did the sword come from, and why did Murray not light the Demogorgon up again? It's not like his flamethrower was out of juice, right? I don't think so. It's he's not like they did the there like an idiot. It's like, oh, it just sputtered out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watching Hopper fight this thing mano a mano. Mano a demo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of silly, but kind of awesome, too. Um, it, to to it, speak to your point of, like, 
oh, the miraculous, like, L bringing Max back and her eyes popping open and her limbs straightening and all that stuff. They did do a thing that I is like a pet peeve of mine, which is the power of love prevails, right? Oh, I know. But, but, yeah. not, but not quite to the same extent, right? Like, because Mike can talk to her in this state. They can communicate. And mm-hmm. she wasn't dead. She was just, like, on the ropes. And yeah, she, she, she didn't needed have a pep heart talk. to fight. Yeah. So he's not like re- the Matrix is like one of the worst examples of this. And I still fucking love the Matrix. It's one of my favorite sure, movies. Sure. But he literally resurrects her from the dead with I love you and a kiss. Mm-hmm. And it, here it's, it's a little more acceptable because she, he's just giving her the courage to fight. It's a Rocky speech. Come on, absolutely. Elle. You gotta yeah. get up, you bum. You see, I've loved you the whole time. I've just been scared, Al. I've been. Yeah, she's he's Mickey in in the, his corner. And I should have seen I, it coming because they they set this up right with Mike not being able to tell Elle I love you in his letters and everything. And this is the turn, right? The moment where right. all all this stuff with Will comes back and he he can tell Elle he loves him. He loves her. Speaking of Will, he definitely shifted in solid solid friend mode. Uh-huh. Um, he's like behind Mike, giving him good advice. Uh, I guess is that make uh, Will the Will's the wise? Yeah, he is the the more cerebral because uh, yeah. because he's the one that came up with the idea of like, hey man, you're the heart. You should jump in here and do something, <laughs> right? Uh, the other man. thing about Max and and her bone breaks I, when I saw like her levitate and her arms and legs start to snap, I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's just right. like, because that's the harbinger of you're done, you know, five seconds yeah. in and you're done. But I was also thinking, you know, she's a skater. She's had worse breaks in her life, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> she can yeah. recover from this. As long as as long as long Vecna doesn't kill her, she'll be able to recover. I don't know, because they're... When she woke up and was in the process of dying and be like, oh, my God, Lucas, I'm so scared. I can't see. I can't feel anything. I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that that really got to me. Um, and then when L went and communed with her, I just assumed that, you know, she's going to be somewhere deep, dark inside, but they'll be able to get her out when mm-hmm. they flash back to what L actually saw. And it was just the lo- boot screen for the upside down. Essentially, it's just, it's just yeah. vacant nothingness. Like is Max actually gone? Did L really lose here? I felt like they were doing another callback to when Brenner had her searching for Henry, right? Um, just just kind of out there in the void, searching around, looking. Uh, so she's calling out to Max here because maybe Max is lost in this void. Got you. Well, I think that that is a plausible. Well, goddamn. I would say it would be a plausible mission for season five to liberate her spirit because it seems like what happened is Vecna... Oh, God, that was such an awesome moment, too, because you thought L did everything in the nick of time. And then when Max died, by the time Max dies in the real world, you forgot all about the four. Or at least I did the four deaths. Sure. So in the middle of everyone's grief, when the gongs go off, it's like, what the? Yeah. And then Hawking, that was a great. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I would say it's it's going to be a plausible goal to get her soul back, you know? From like I don't know those four columns he's got him pinned to, mm-hmm. um, but my God, the world looks like it's ending. It is going to be the full Doom to Hell on Earth plot next yeah. season. So like, where would you have time to do that side quest? I don't know, man. Um, that's the thing. I real I really think they're going to have to go straight at the upside down next season. 
you know, with it with it blowing Hawkins wide open and uh, Hawkins becoming the devil's butthole in the end of this. It's like they've got to go inside and they got to get the heart of it, which is, I think, Vecna, right? Yeah. Yeah. Vec- it seems like that uh, Vecna is w- the uh, one Henry and the Mind Flayer combined yes. like the mind flayer was a kind of like this the, the i don't think it's even sentient i think it was just like the uh-huh. ultimate predator like the ultimate soul-sucking spider and he fused with it and gave it his will yeah so and that's what will has been communicating with you know and hearing yes, in his head and i thought that was interesting sort of mm-hmm. retroactively explaining what that was that it wasn't the mind yeah. flayer as an intelligence because we never really see the mind flayer being intelligent right right uh, right yeah, it's and it also it it because um, I remember when Dustin asserted that Devecna was the Mind Flayer's general. I'm like, man, that doesn't sound right. But at one point in this episode, when he was starting to tell the story, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, maybe the Mind Flayer co-opted this guy, and he is kind of like his herald, you know. But no, mm-hmm. I think it actually is the other way around. I think uh, yeah. Henry took over the Mind Flayer and started because that's the other thing. I had the I had the distinct opinion when L blew him through the into the upside down that the monsters were more passive. Like there was just like Demogorgons just chilling, walking around the landscape. They didn't like see Henry and instantly pounce on and try to kill him. I think I read a theory one, maybe in the feedback that the Vecna had found like the raw materials in the upside down and like turned it into a world conquering army. Hmm. No, it's. It seems like that stuff was already there, but yeah, I mean, def, definitely. Yeah. yeah, he turned it into. He weaponized it, I guess. It seems like an ecology almost of nothing but predators. Uh-huh. It's just like everything is there, ripping and killing and and, and tearing. Yeah. Yeah, and that shadow stuff. Um, they're talking about that the Russians were experimenting on and had trapped in the facility. That is what part of the mind flare. Because doesn't the mind flare kind of look like that until that's what it looked like to me too? Yeah, yeah until they 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 one they associated it. those effects. So does that mean Russia has the mind flare in containment? Uh, part of it, it seems, yeah. or did it get out? I can't remember if it got out because I know all the Demogorgons got out, but they didn't fight the shadow, right? I don't think they did. Yeah, so that could still be out there. Huh. It must have escaped, though. It must have. If everything yeah. else got got free and a prisoner was running amok. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I was I was surprised at how much uh, it felt like there was consequences at the end of the episode without there being if I actually think about real consequences. <laughs> but I don't sure. know. Um, yeah, I mean Eddie's death. I mean that's that's the two things. Eddie's death we felt consequential, right? but but going back like that's uh, that really reminds me of Bob. It reminds me of uh, whatever mm-hmm. last year's Yuri was. Was it Sergey? Um, I think so. You know, it's like th- those are these one season wonders that they create and then kill off, and we all like, oh my god, he's our new favorite character. Uh-huh. Um, Speaking of which, what did you think of Yuri by the end of this? I thought that was a great arc for his character and something that again mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that they just like retconned his character instantly they had the right. faceless man go like I heard you were a hero of some Chinese Soviet war and I don't see that man here and you should do this for the fucking motherland and 
I, I don't know. At some point, recall this guy that one time he was a young man who did some badass shit, and he does it once more. He was sandbagging. Mm-hmm. He pulls the spark plug out of his pocket, looks guilty. I thought that was a great scene, and uh, yeah, he ended up being. Uh, he, he was fun the entire season, but uh, he was just such a shit. <laughs> right. How'd the artwork like for you? I, I really liked it. I thought it was it was the way to get to this guy, right? Like, he would do it for his country, not for these Americans. Like, what does he yeah. care if these Americans get back? But Yeah, for country, for, connect yeah. him with something that he actually cares about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I liked it. What did you think about the Duffer, Duffer Brothers' choice uh, to essentially do a complicated heist that's clearly pre-planned out, but us as the audience completely in the dark about it. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I, I had no problems being in the dark there. Yeah. I sometimes that I will say most of the time that drives me crazy. I feel like that's a really good way to hide plot holes and weaknesses because like, instead of, knowing the plan and knowing the stakes and knowing when things are going wrong and when things are going right. It's just like, it feels very much improvised and they're just like, I don't think too hard about it, but I felt like, and, and the first step or two, I was like, Oh God, this is really driving me crazy. Not knowing what they're trying to do, but I felt like they are able to communicate the stakes and when things were going well and when things were going wrong enough. But by the end, like, I mean, there was a lot of gas moments. Like when you realize when Jason busted in on Lucas and Max and mm-hmm. it looks for all the world. If you asked a Christian fundamentalist who hates Dungeons and Dragons, what does a <laughs> demonic sacrifice of some virgin teenager look like? Yeah, it's going to look like some variation of that. And like, and, and this guy's so prejudiced against him from the Dungeons and Dragons, him trying to talk. I thought that was um, a really clever thing to do because it, it's like confirms yeah. this, 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 admittedly horrible characters all of uh it confirms all of his suspicions you know Mm -hmm. like if this shit was going down in your town you might believe a chick tract right sure and then when they smash the walkman when jason steps on it i'm like oh well shit that's that's not part of the plan because we know the plan is to pull max out eventually right the stakes just kept on compounding 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 even with me out you know like not you know, having a Ocean's Eleven style walk through the plot. So even though I normally hate that, I thought it worked out pretty well. And I, I mean, you could feel like they were they were playing straight with the plot the whole time, right? This isn't an Ocean's Eleven thing where like the, a big part of the plot is misdirection for the audience. That's true, right? It's, right. It's misdirection for Vecna, and you can see exactly how they're going to do that, and so you understand. Like, look, part of the plot is not for. Steve and Nancy and Robin to get their necks strangled by tentacles, right? Like there's yeah. no, no world in which that is part of the plan. So it's pretty easy to tell when things are going off the rails. What, how do you feel about where we landed with the Nancy, Steve, Jonathan, uh, isosceles love triangle? That's the one thing. Look, I know they're leaving it for season five, but I kind of felt like they're slow playing this a little too much. I, it, it, as soon as Jonathan showed back up with Mike and Will and all those people and was reunited with Nancy, I'm like, okay, how are they going to deal with this? And then they don't. They, they get Nancy and Jonathan doing their stupid shit again, which is just like, everything's cool with us, right? Yeah, yeah, everything's cool. You got your letter? No? Okay, everything's status quo here. 
I don't mm-hmm. want there to be status quo. I want either Nancy to say, look, Steve, I'm just not that into you. Or look, Jonathan, I'm just way into Steve. Is that I I I kind of felt the opposite. Look, I wanted Nancy and Steve together. I thought they were really cute. I thought uh, I'm I'm the kind of a Jonathan hater, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was handled well. Like it would be kind of shitty if Nancy came and was like, you know what? We haven't seen each other for a while. The long distance stuff is hard. I just uh, I, I was with Steve for like 24 hours, and I'm now back in love with him. Teehee, I'm at like that's not. I, I get but that she's it, like what eighteen, but it's but Jonathan because like, Jonathan's been anguishing over this stupid college thing forever, and like being with his family versus being being with her. I'm like, for Jonathan, but he to says say so much sweet shit. Every, yeah, like he's such a he's such he's such a solid guy that like I get that like for Nancy it must be if it must feel like it, it, it must, I feel like it'd feel like a whim for her to break up with them for Steve. Sure, but what about Jonathan, right? That's the thing. Like, he's been anguishing over this. Um, he's the I one see. who's like, I can't leave Will and the rest of my family. And especially mm. after that that scene in the, the pizza joint that they have together, Will yeah. and him. It's yeah. like, you just told Will you're going to be with him there forever, and now you're just going to go off on to, to college uh, with Nancy? I don't... And you're not even sure about it? I, I'm not... I'm not sure because like here's the other thing Mm. are the buyers moving back to Hawkins because if they are I think it's a little more plausible that Jonathan doesn't need to come out with this information right away I mean are they going to move to the act of hell port I mean (laughs) like that that's that's a post season five question to ask because you know they're not moving no they're not going to move to Hawkins well I mean on one hand it's stupid but on the other hand they kind of have to right like Elle needs to be there in Hawkins to deal with this shit. She's not just not going to let the portal open up. And well, I'm just saying Elle that like, out. I think this is the first time ever in Stranger Things history where there cannot be a gap between this season and next season. Like next season will yeah, open yeah. up on the exact same shot. So I'm saying like, we'll probably have 48 hours of them just actively handling that shit. And then we'll see where they end up moving. Yeah. But uh, I think it's, I, although I love the idea of Joyce, like getting her phone and like, uh, I need a real estate agent in Hawkins. This is a situation that I cannot deal with from California. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> it's never been a better time to buy real estate in Hawkins. That's true. From a financial perspective. <laughs> That's true. You can have it for a song. That's uh-huh. true. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I desperately want to see them resolve the tension that's there, and we'll have to wait till season five. Did you? I want to talk about the, the the conversation with Jonathan and Will. That went from like what the hell to like oh this is sweet oh man uh, Jonathan's being really supportive to like is Jonathan fucking with Will to like oh my god this is the Vecna. <laughs> I was so convinced he was about to be like, but I know you're gay, Will, and that's the worst thing that you can be. And like his eyes turned his eye. Like it was almost exactly like the the way Lucas was talking to Max, uh, you know, like did standard Vector shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was almost too much. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure it out in that moment and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking okay, well, this is the moment where Jonathan notices, hey, Will's looking at Mike and he's like yes. jealous of the relationship with Eleven and now yes. he's going to start with this unrelated story and then move into, hey, I know you've had feelings like this for a long time. Yes. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Everyone here is cool with it. 
but they don't they're just like i'm your brother and i'm never gonna leave you i can't tell if this show the show is like gaslighting me or slow blowing me because like jonathan got 90 <laughs> exactly. percent of the way through a it's okay to be gay bro speech mm-hmm. and just veered off the interstate at the last minute I know. Uh, they're fuck. I feel like I'm being fucked with, and That's it's making me said, feel man. weird that Last... I'm spending so much time talking about it. It's like, oh, fuck, right. I don't care either way. Like, you know, it's cool. Yeah. No. It. It. it like I said in the last episode, uh, the show's in the closet about it. <laughs> yes. I don't know if they're doing a great job or a terrible job telling me this story. Yeah. Uh, yeah I... And it's weird that Robin's just like basically out and proud now, um, but Will is still like from the show's perspective, very much in the closet. It's, it's a strange She's taking thing. baby steps. Like they're both like, these, oh, these, were, these were but, not but the people, show. Is yeah. Like not, yeah. 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 It's not like tiptoeing around it. Right. I don't know. I guess I said like, it'd be interesting to see what like rural Midwestern and Southern teens would have to say about this depiction, because I think if it's going to resonate with anybody or like, it would probably be that, you know? Uh, sure. Yeah. If you're like in Malibu, it pro- it's probably like, Jesus Christ will like <laughs> just just come out already. Yeah. Um, Malibu, Speaking, of course, the, the gayest town in the country. That's why it's country, like, yes. yeah, it's, yeah, it's I think it's on on the, the welcome to Malibu. Side. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of Malibu, there's a lot of surfing in Malibu. Um, true. We got to talk about the true villain of this season who did not reveal himself until this very episode. It is Argyle creating a concoction so heinous. No, fuck off. No one (laughs) should be exposed to it. And it is the pineapple pizza that they literally have to force down the throat of their victim. Jim, have you tried? In fact, before you've denied, I have tried. I have tried. In fact, and I hate it. It's terrible. Okay, because I, I, I that that is my preferred pizza ch- topping. If they served pizza in the upside down, it would have pineapple on it. You might be you might be pineapple <laughs> upside down pie. You're right. Um, <laughs> I will say that I do, but I'm not gonna because like I've also known what's been liked on the other side because like when people extol the virtues of salt on watermelon. Oh, I, no. I, I, I've tried it and it's not hideous. It's not nasty, but I like the mm. unvarnished watermelon a hundred percent better. And then those people look at me like oh. I'm fucking crazy. So like, uh, we got different taste buds, but pineapple and pizza. I do think that if you've reflexively denied it because oh, fruit on a fucking pizza, you should at least try it. Sure. Because sure. there are some of us out there like the Argyles in the world. that are trying, trying to keep people's op- minds open so they can enjoy. Yeah. The salty sweet confection. I get it. And uh, I wouldn't deny anyone uh, trying it, but yeah, I, it's just I not did, for me. It's not for me. I did. Uh, aside from his uh, his uh, his pineapple heterodoxy, I really liked Argyle in this episode. Oh, his yeah. moment to shine, where it's like <laughs> we're gonna have a mind fight in a piece of dough freezer, and his negotiation with his fellow pizza bro, mm-hmm. and talking about the pie. I was like, that was just and the, how fucking red their eyes were in those scenes. Yes, yes, I couldn't help but notice. It's what really made it. And like, uh, there's this like international fraternity of pizza uh, surfer bro pizza boys. Um, yeah, it's just great. I love that sequence. Uh, I love the stupid pizza box goggles they put on L. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, ten out of ten. That's a cute scene. And also, it's like a 
Mike was a little bit redeemed because he had, it wasn't he went like two whole episodes out being a raging asshole and yeah. he was super cute like flirting with Elle with the uh, pizza goggles on. Uh, I thought he was cool with Hopper like Hopper you know busting his chops and he busted him right back and they had a big hug. I, Mike's mm-hmm. stock is rising a bit. I'm glad he didn't die for sure. Yeah, hopefully they can redeem. I trade two mics for a max, healthy and whole. I'll tell you that much. But I'm <laughs> I'm glad he didn't die. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Th- there were a couple things that I was worried about when I first saw them, and the number one thing was when they're in the upside down. Uh, Steve, Nancy, and Robin, and Robin just like splits up from the group and goes running off. I'm like, oh, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. They're going to have Robin get in trouble and and fuck up the plan just because, just because, like no actual reason. And luckily this turned out to just be a reason or a moment for Steve and Nancy to share. Uh, And it was very cute and I really liked it. And then she comes back without incident. And I'm like, thank you, show. You you redeemed yourself because you were dancing on the precipice of me just uh, flipping my TV out the window. They had the same. I had the same flash when uh, the, the the Russian contingent was all sitting inside the church, bitching about Yuri and how he's a shit. Why he's outside alone, unguarded, with their only way out, and he was just and also take off. every incentive to just take off and yep. call the KGB. Like, there's a couple of points where, and I still think that's an unforgivable. Like, they got lucky. Yes, they got lucky that for whatever reason, he was more interested in like just stalling and making a racket than he was actively trying to escape because woof, you got to keep a gun on that guy. He's squirrely, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I want to talk about Hopper and Joyce. Oh, one more thing before we get to Hopper and Joyce. Um, Sorry. Because there's another thing that I actually don't understand and I don't think I liked about this episode. Um, Actually, the previous episode. Last episode, they had the jocks over at the war store see the RV that they drive away in. Specifically, Jason sees it. And Mm -hmm. he, like, takes a long look at it after they've just, like, seen them in the store. Mm -hmm. And I thought they were going to follow the RV to the house. But they don't. They just have some random fucking dude walk by and see Erica climbing a uh, playset. Why did they have that shot even? Why not just have have them follow the RV? That would have been perfect. Yeah, it might have been him having because I thought that was going to I I didn't know if they could follow the RV or they'd be on the, you know, just an APB like uh, everybody looking for the RV. But yeah, that was well, I it's just weird. Eventually, I, I want to talk about pacing. I don't think now is the time to do it, but like, um, okay. let's let's put a pin in this for our pacing discussion. I want to talk about uh, Hopper and Joyce. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really all that shit really worked. Like we've waited for almost a whole goddamn season for the reunion. Uh, I really like their flirtatious banner about the date and him like all about the breadsticks and lasagna and her having <laughs> yeah. to draw the other things he was kind of hungry for <laughs> out of like, him. Hey, all I had was moldy bread and maggots. Like, of course I was dreaming about food. Yeah. Um, speaking. Oh, what was the other? Was it? Was it Mac? No, it was it was Mike and L. Yeah, when Mike was trying, I, I thought that was a great scene too. When Mike was this close to telling what he needed to tell L, and then Argyle drops pies on him. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Uh, but back to Joyce and uh, Hopper. Um, 
I liked all of their like reunion and uh, uh, all the the way they held the dealt with the fact that David Harbour now is a Hellboy body, and uh-huh. yeah. uh, I thought that was really cute. I thought the L and Hopper reunion really worked, especially yeah. since I had forgotten up until that moment that L had no idea this was happening. Yeah, from her perspective. In fact, the the show had kind of set you up to think it's going to be the Vecna coming back to fuck with her. Uh-huh. And then it's Hopper. Oh, or, man. or the military coming to pick her up, right? Like, or right, yeah. right. Um, no, that that stuff was great. Uh, the one thing I was thinking when you know Hopper and and uh, Joyce are having their moment is like they don't deal with the smell, the smell coming off of Hopper. He's been months <laughs> in a Russian gulag yeah. without a shower, heavy not labor. Not allowed, not allowed a toothbrush nor nor right? floss. And she's just going at him. It's, mm, I don't know, man. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Um, what else <laughs> we want to talk about? Oh, do you want to, I guess, do you want to talk about the pacing now? Sure. Yeah. I heard from several critics that a lot of people, you know, and and this I will say that this was my prejudice coming into this. When I saw that the final two episodes ran for five hours combined, I'm like, this is going to be a shit show. No mm-hmm. fucking way is this going to feel cohesive or feel like it's evenly paced. So when I started seeing people that I really respect and admire, like Alan Sepinwall, uh, I saw his tweet today. Is no spoilers, but he's like, you know, here's if once you here's my review. Uh, the pacing is, is is decent, but the pacing of these last two episodes destroyed any type of suspense or, uh, 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 uh yeah, any kind of suspense or tension. I. Mm-hmm. It could be that seeing those things and my prejudices uh, about this runtime made me a little bit more forgiving or lowered my expectations. Mm-hmm. But at no point in this two and a half hours did I ever find my attention wandering. Did I ever feel bored? It is true that they several times put the main characters or the thrust of the current action in mortal danger and then cut away for 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it was to address the other groups part of the intense mortal danger and yeah. all that stuff worked to deliver a really banger conclusion because everything just literally came to a head at the same time. I don't know what the fuck the pacing problems are. Did you see any of them? I wasn't feeling any pacing problems with this. I did in like one episode this season, but it might've been a fluke. It might've just been, ah, I'm tired of, of watching for the day or something. But like, yeah, this, this episode, I think they did a great job of orchestrating yeah. the climax of this with, and, and the, the frequent cuts back and forth. Like you're saying, like we'd cut away for five minutes when somebody's in mortal danger, immediate mortal danger. Right. Uh, it, but that made it feel like, it, it kind of took me out of the timeline, which is exactly what it needed to do. I I shouldn't yeah. be in those minutes, like looking at my watch going, okay, how does this timing match up with that timing? I don't really have time to do that when the show is cutting back and forth like that. So I thought it worked super well uh, to keep me engaged and make me feel like this is all happening simultaneously. And when the ending of it comes, it's going to be at the exact moment it needs to happen to save everyone. Do you remember the topic that we just said to put a pin on till this? Because I, I did see some very minor, like, odd editing choices or maybe a scene or two that felt a little repetitive. And the one that you brought up was one of them that I want to talk about. Do you remember what that was? Oh, the one where they didn't follow the RV. They just had some dude out yeah, there spotting I, Erica. 
I felt like there's a couple of things like that where it was indicative of maybe not as smooth or maybe not as a final of an editing process as you'd like. Because, yeah, that, as far as I can tell, gave us no new information, gave us no motivation, gave us no connections to plot and Mm -hmm. left us like actively be uh, anticipating something different than what actually happened. I thought there's a couple scenes like that in Russia and things like that that could have been trimmed. But we're talking like maybe 60 seconds of total runtime over five hours. (laughs) Right. And I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious to read Steppenwall's review because, like I said, I, I really admire his criticism. Um, I'm wondering if uh, he's seen things that I didn't or maybe he's just not as in the tank for this fucking show. Because honestly, be. when we got the Master of Puppets, I don't think this finale could have disappointed me. Yeah. That was such an out of left field idea. <laughs> it, it goes also, back to Bill and Ted, the, the new Bill and Ted movie, right? Like where... <laughs> rock is gonna save the world i i don't know i fucking loved it and and the song choice like you said earlier is perfect. 10 out of 10 execution yeah. was amazing like dustin losing her mind the best part was when they got back into the trailer and yep. they both grabbed each other's like most metal concert ever ah uh and it was it was executed i thought some of the effects this year in the early half of the season were a little i thought they fully sold that Iron Maiden Metalocalypse episode mm-hmm. aesthetic in the real world and made it look fucking cool rather than ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a hundred percent in. In uh, fact, all of the costuming, like I thought everyone looked so fucking cool going to the upside down. Like from Steve, who's you know, obviously he's wearing a like cut off bomber jacket and shit, and he's got the axe slung over his, his shoulder. He looks fitted. But even mm-hmm. Dustin looked really cool. And Dustin's doing all this daring do and heroism and like pulling himself in the upside down. He's doing all the no collarbones, Jim. <laughs> true. True. I always forget that. Yeah. That's got to, that's got to really uh, inhibit your upper body strength. Like trying to pull yourself up and haul yourself through portals. And I also maybe contributed to how bad it seemed like it hurt him when he hit the ground. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't get any collarbones to stabilize. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, and that's the other thing they're they're doing really well here is they're foreshadowing and they're playing with tropes that you know um, and are familiar with, like when Steve tells everyone like, "Don't be a hero," you know, stick to the plan a hundred percent. In every season of Stranger Things, yeah. and in most yeah. uh, '80s movies, you'll see you have to uh-huh. deviate from the plan because the plan goes horribly wrong. And Eddie deciding to be a hero in that moment is exactly what you expect but it's also exactly what you want to see oh 100 percent. i gotta say the the, there's there's the moment so where everything's coming together right and l has like taken uh vecna down a notch and and really got him on the ropes and then you've got the, the crew who've been released from the tentacles up in the attic with vecna's actual body and they've got the molotovs out and Steve hurls at Molotov and Robin hurls at Molotov. They have hella arms, man. I can't imagine throwing a whiskey bottle hard enough to break it on someone's abdomen. Yeah, they I both do. So hard. <laughs> they both do. It's actually kind of crazy how hard some of those uh, liquor bottles are to break. Like oh, yeah. you gotta you get some some distance and, and altitude. Especially um, but it's fleshy all... tissue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was pretty funny. Um 
Yep. There's a couple. If we just want to like throw out some random uh, shit right now. Sure. Uh, speaking of that scene, I'm screaming the whole time, start pumping rounds into him. What <laughs> right. is this onesie twosie Molotov crap? What? Yeah. Oh. I yeah, mean, it's, on, it's bad enough when the antagonist, like you, you got the one one uh, white ninja in a sea of black ninjas and they're coming at him one at a time. The hero's doing it. Get the fuck mm-hmm. out of here. All, all at once. Yeah. One, two, three. Uh, when the rift opens up in Hawkins and it starts eating up the whole town or cu- yeah. cutting, I guess, an X through the town. It's definitely uh-huh. the X marks the spot. Uh, Jason got fucking eaten up by that thing. He was laying across the ley line there and just got disintegrated. <laughs> I've uh, hats off the arcane knowledge there, Jim, at the ley line. Uh, yeah. J- Jason. Yeah. In my, my notes, it says Jason dies badly. Uh huh. He got, <laughs> he got dissolved by eldritch light. Oh, uh-huh. that's another thing I want to mention. The captions this year for stranger things are 10 out of 10. I saw eldritch screeching. I oh, saw yeah. Icarus squelching. Icarus mm-hmm. squelching in 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 uh, terms of some hentai shit there that was going on. Uh, they are breaking out the thesaurus. The yeah. the, uh, the 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 deaf folks out there getting a treat because they are describing exactly what you were hearing. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. No, it's fantastic. There's a lot of like really random funny things in this episode. For example. Um, that like I appreciated cutting the tension. Like uh, there's this awesome moment where L first like the Vecna round one where she blows him through the uh, bleachers, and like Max can't believe it, thinks she's hallucinating it, and she's like, "How did this happen?" And she goes, "I piggy I piggybacked on you from a pizza dough freezer," and like right. Max just goes, "What?" <laughs> it's like it's a it's a it's a fucking nonsense sentence. Um, yeah. I really like Hopper um, promising Joyce he won't die doing the Team America like unironically. Sure. They get another not kiss. Today, uh, not today. Um, I really liked the Vecna with the Alan Rickma, Rickman uh, diehard camera angle when L blew him through uh, the thing for the last time, and he's yeah. like falling back. Yeah, it's 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 he's doing the Alan Rickman. Uh, I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite moments in this entire episode is early on uh when steve goes through the upside down portal that's in the yeah. trailer and he climbs that rope and then he does this perfect flip and just lands it and then he looks back <laughs> at him like what no applause yeah he, he looks so cool. he looks he is so cool and robin's like what was you expecting mm-hmm. um also that uh dustin continues to be a trendsetter mm-hmm. that sweet pixel art airplane shirt he's wearing uh oh. and the denouement Awesome! I got I got to get that for my private collection. I thought you were gonna go with his Geely suit or whatever they're called. <laughs> Again, everyone a- everyone looked very cool and heroic, even the ones saying that they 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 weren't. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, Erica getting her critical hit on that dude. <laughs> <laughs> so good, mm-hmm. man. There was a point going into is some of the third act where I thought like they might do a half party wipe. I thought when Jason showed up, like, oh my God, there might we might lose like Erica, Max, and Lucas, like like all of team team kid Hawkins. Yeah. Uh man, I'm I guess I'm I'm glad that didn't happen. I was especially worried for Lucas 
in this episode because I saw that when he's hanging out with Max, who's being, you know, uh, possessed by Vecna or at least uh-huh. uh, pursued by Vecna, he's he took his shoes off. Why are you taking your shoes off in a situation where you almost certainly have to run at some point? It wasn't clear to me why they were putting so much emphasis on being silent. Yeah, I think it was so that Vecna wouldn't know they were there until they wanted him to, but I don't which, know how that works exactly. Yeah, because they're walking around waving lanterns that are buzzing and interfering with his electrical fields, and I didn't... Yeah. It was an interesting thought, plus it also didn't work. Vecna, turns out, was aware of everything and the whole planet, uh, you know, because of course right. he is, so... It's, yeah, which uh, I kind of like, you know, it's, it's kids thinking their plan's super smart, but... That's the thing. It's like they've been they've gotten away with their Scooby Doo bullshit up until this year. And this year they really got they really got thumped. Yeah. Um, It's very (laughs) end of Empire State Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. uh, At the end of this movie. And to the extent like all of the things I said last episode, I'm coming back to, which is I don't see how they win this. Um are they going to do some kind of like fucking Hunger Games shit where they just make Elle the general of the U.S. Army and she just like they have a, a an unknown psychic division where they've been training a thousand psychic super soldiers and she's going to lead them into open battle because it's fucking bleak. It's fucking bleak, man. Sure There's a portal like 15 miles wide in the heartland. I don't know what they're going to do about it. Is there any chance and I know Elle tries this in this episode and it doesn't work, but is there any chance she talks Vecna down by the end of this? Like she appeals to Henry or, I thought or whatever we're calling him and it works. Cause remember that, that, that was one of my theories is like, uh, they'll, they'll turn Vecna to the, to the light side. I don't know. He seems pretty er evil. <laughs> sure like he's not, he's not a puppet. He is the puppet master. Mm-hmm. And he likes spiders. He wants to be a spider. That's just not that's that's uh, abnormal psychology. There, I don't I don't know. There's any coming back from that. Maybe she could trick him into thinking that she's turned to his side. Because um, because one of the things he says he wanted at some point was for him and her to kind of rule together. You know, Darth Vader and uh, Luke Skywalker kind of thing. Hard to because like again, I feel like next season is going to take place over the course of a day or two. Um, <laughs> sure. So like it would be one thing if she had time to like reflect and like okay, well I'm going to start pretending like I'm having a fall to the dark side or whatever. Because like there's a lot to work with there. She uh, if you you know uh, pickaxe some girl with an ice skate uh, or mm-hmm. no uh, just a skate skate this earlier season. She's got she's got some issues that the Vecna could could. Uh, uh, hone in on. I just, I don't know. I like, I, I, I feel like there's not going to be time for not but battle next, next season, which has me a little bit worried because traditionally seasons of televisions that are all consumed with some kind of apocalyptic battle hasn't gone as well as I would like. Well, I mean the, so the thing is at the end of this, you know, the, the X marks the spot over Hawkins, the upside down yeah. begins to, you know, filter into the real world, but, you know, the X didn't open and then suddenly all the monsters spill out and start attacking. So Vecna is biding a certain amount of time. I don't know how much. Mm. Maybe he's, yeah, the, the the quote unquote snow at the end of this is him just sort of prepping the battlefield. Does he minions. need Max's body to die? Like it's like the, the fourth gate is 
I don't know. Three inches open, you would say. And uh, as long as her spirit is clinging to her living body, because that's the thing. It's like, well, if they free Max's spirit, it seems like they'd free everyone's spirit. But I guess every, all the other spirits don't have bodies to go back to where hers sure. plausibly would. Yeah. But maybe that's what it is, because I I was actually genuinely shocked that they I thought this was a kind of a bold, confident move to leave everything this much uh, to leave everything this much unfinished and yet give yourself so wiggle room as far as the stakes. Yeah. You know, we've got worldwide apocalypse on the table for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope, um, I hope they know what to do. And I, I, I can't remember if we got confirmation um, on the fact that they were shooting this season kind of concurrently with the next one. Oh. And they've got a lot of this work done. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. It's got to be because they can't come back two years later and these kids look two years older and it's supposed to be two minutes after the season. So it seems like there's a lot of credence to that because there's going to be no gap, no, no gap at all. Yeah. Unless, unless the next season starts with tit, you know, seven years later and it's like an Mm -hmm. apocalypse and they're just scrounging around trying to, to live and reverse it. Maybe they can have so many, of the upside down creatures come through to the real world that the upside down will start to look like the real world and they can just swap places mm. and all the humans can go to the upside down and let the upside down creatures there you go. the real world. There you go. Was this uh, we'll work on uh, I think of all the unextracted oil and natural right. resources in the upside down world. Cause they haven't been pumping out shit, man. Yeah. Plus it's still like what? 1983 there or something. So I think yeah, you can you can time travel that way too. Huh. You know that's the other thing. Why does the upside down look like Hawkins? Because when uh Henry first got there, it seemed like it was just a wasteland. Has he been constructing the world as it was as a model for some reason? That's a good question. Yeah, it was it was like an otherworldly realm that you'd see on a magic card, right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 But now it kind of does just reflect the real world, the distorted version of the real world. So Uh yeah, it must be Henry that did all that stuff. It seems like the other thing is like the pristine upside down. Didn't have a lot of those vines and shit and those vines. Now he, you know, now I've gotten a a up close and and personal look at Henry over the last few episodes. He's very swamp thing. And those vines kind of pulsating out of his body. It does feel like, yeah, he's using those somehow to colonize the upside down with a replica of the real world. But for what purpose? Because previously I thought the whole world had an upside down equivalent. Um, But I don't, Uh I don't know if I, I believe that anymore. Yeah. I'm really not sure. So if you would like to contribute to, cause next week um, I'm probably going to do a little bit of reading and, and uh, see what people think about the season overall and what I think about that meta opinion. Uh, but we're also going to be doing a lot of feedback. Uh, are you guys still digging stranger things? Let us know. Stranger things move.com. What do you think about the Nancy, Jonathan, uh, Steve business? What do you think about Lucas and Max? What are you going to feel? How, how do you feel about uh, Max's soul returning to her fully restored body? Uh, yeah. What, 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 what are we thinking about this season? And what are we thinking about next season? Let us know. Stranger things of baldmove.com. We'll be back next week to see what you guys thought of this. Uh, not concluding, but like 
smoothly pivoting into the finale of the Stranger Things with Stranger Things 5 season. Uh, We'll see you then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.